0: You're listening to Legal Talk Network.
1: Hello, welcome to another edition of Special Reports on Legal Talk Network. I'm Adriana Linares, legal technology trainer and consultant. Today's show is being recorded on location during the ABA Meteor Meeting at the George R. Brown Convention Center in downtown Houston, Texas. We're here to cover this event and its highlights for you, our listeners. Joining me now is Michael Hawes. Hi, Michael.
0: Hello. It's
1: nice to meet you. Thanks for coming by.
0: I'm glad to do it.
1: Tell me a little bit about yourself.
0: Well, I'm a, an attorney who started out looking at kind of a narrow area, but then decided that science and technology as a whole was what I was interested in. and wanted to look at law all over the place as it applied to science and technology. And that's what got me to where I am.
1: And do you have a background in either science or technology?
0: Actually, I do. I'm an electrical engineer from Rice University here in Texas.
1: Oh, interesting. So you're an electrical engineer, and you started looking at the world a little differently and thought, eh, maybe I don't have enough to do. I'll go get a law degree and see if I can mix the two together.
0: Uh, They are two very different forms of education. I'll give them that. But yeah, roughly, that's what happened.
1: And you're here today because you're the chair of the science and technology law section of the ABA. That I am. Tell me a little bit about what that section focuses on, because it would sound as if it was about technology and the law practice, but it's not. It's completely different.
0: Yeah, it really is. Um, Science and technology law section, we, we notice that science and technology are changing all the time. And law, frankly, plays catch up. And what we do in our section is kind of pinpoint those areas where science and technology have really gotten out ahead, whether that's cybersecurity issues or the genetic issues a couple of decades ago where just science was outrunning the legal framework by a large margin. It's always doing it to some extent, but we like to find the places where it's really a big deal and then apply our expertise to help law catch up.
1: How many members do you have in the section?
0: About 10,000.
1: Oh, that's a good size group. And tell me a little bit about the leadership structure. And if I was going to, you know, if I hear this podcast and I think, wow, that sounds like a section I want to join, how do I get involved?
0: Well, we have a very nimble group. We are not one of the largest sections, and that means moving up into leadership is, is not as difficult or not as timely as it might be somewhere else. The way to get involved, I think, that works the best is to look at our committees. We have a number of committees ranging from things like biotechnology to space law to robotics and artificial intelligence and information security. Find the one that really attracts you. They're listed right at the beginning of our web page. And then get in that committee and see what they're doing. Find a project that calls to you. Once you get involved, you can become a leader in that committee in just a couple of years and if you enjoy that and enjoy all of the difference in science and technology that's available, you can start working with the section as a whole.
1: That, is, that just sounds like so much fun, such a great twist to put on being a lawyer, these very cool topics. Give me an example of some hot topics these days that, that you all talk about a lot or really trying to educate other lawmakers or law leaders about.
0: Well, I think everyone's been hearing in the news about the various breaches of security. And, you know, information security has been a big deal for us for uh, almost a decade. We've written guidelines and helped the ABA to try to help businesses and law firms who themselves are very vulnerable when it comes to information security and advise them on the best ways to legally address their information security concerns and to regulate what happens when a breach does occur. How do you legally get the information out to those who need it without getting Mm. information to those who might use it for nefarious ends? And it's really our laws and our regulations that help us control that situation.
1: Well, that's pretty interesting. And I imagine, too, that drones and and Google cars are a hot topic, too. (laughs)
0: Well, we we frankly don't like to put them in the same basket, but you're right. They both are a big legal topic. Wait, aren't they the same thing? Well, I would say they're kind of the opposite thing, actually. Tell me more. A drone is obviously, I think everyone's seen them on on TV or perhaps in some example of something flying over the White House most recently. But (laughs) it's a vehicle that's being controlled by a person remotely, but there's no person inside it. A car that's driverless, on the other hand, actually has a person inside it, but no one's driving it. (laughs) So, in essence, they're almost the opposite idea when it comes to the science and the technology. Very interesting. really, the law needs to take into account how different they are.
1: Oh, that sounds great. Well, what happens if you have... A driverless car controlling a drone.
0: <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We, we haven't gotten to that yet, but my section will get to it first when it happens. Oh,
1: I love that. Um, give me a couple of reasons if I you know, want to join or think I should join that. Some benefits for joining the, the science and technology law section.
0: You know, I can tell you what I have personally benefited from, which is being able to answer a client when a new thing comes up and the client has no idea how to address it. In general, I've already heard about it. I've already heard discussions of it because this is the section that really looks at those way out there issues and talks about them and talks about how to address them. And you can never sound more intelligent to your client than when they've just heard of something and you can talk about how a year ago you were in a group that came up with some approaches to it.
1: Yeah, this sounds so exciting. It always makes me want to go to law school and join your section.
0: Oh, don't get too ambitious. <laughs> don't
1: get crazy, right? Yeah.
0: Um,
1: so I'm looking at your card and you're based right here in Texas. So I'm going to ask you, are you a member of the SBOT?
0: I am, in fact. Yes. Oh, I love
1: that group. Tell, tell our listeners a little bit about the um, that section. That's a Texas bar. It's
0: part of the Texas bar, and, and really what it does is it helps lawyers who, let's face it, most lawyers are not 100% comfortable with technology. Many went to law school because they're interested in t- briefs and writing and arguing and all sorts of wonderful things, but not necessarily in being, say, an electrical engineer like myself. On the other hand, in this day and age, lawyers have to deal with technology. That's right. Technology is everywhere, whether you're a corporate lawyer dealing with the technology of your clients that they want to exchange in some sort of transaction, or you're a litigator trying to juggle millions of documents and get just the right information as your case goes to trial. There are lots of tools that very smart people have put out there to help lawyers. But, boy, lawyers need help just understanding what they're for and how to compare them. And that's what SBOT really helps with. And
1: what does SBOT stand for?
0: SBOT stands for, I have no idea. I,
1: I, I think I know, and I should have <laughs>
0: said it when I said when
1: Which is, it's the State Bar of it's Texas. Texas. Is, Special section on technology in the practice of law.
0: Which I believe is, that's right. Which is a little but different. But spot is just State Bar of Texas, which is why I didn't, I didn't think that's what you were after.
1: Oh, sorry. So between you and me both, we're going to confuse everybody. <laughs> yeah. But I just want to make it clear. So you're the chair of the Science and Technology Law Section, which we already described, but also a member of this great section of the State Bar of Texas that actually helps lawyers with, of all aspects, with technology in their law practice.
0: I, I am. And it's been very helpful for me personally. Personally, to see what kinds of great law, uh, products are becoming available for lawyers, and you know, I'm part of a law firm, and many of my partners rely on me to give them some advice about what technology oh, we yeah. ought to be using. They
1: must all come to you and think you're the techie lawyer. Uh, I th-
0: I think that's my and, reputation. And yes. I hope that
1: you are, because we definitely need more and more of you. Well, it's been really nice chatting with you, Michael. Tell us a little bit about your law firm and um, where people can read more about you and get a hold of you if they need to just connect with you and ask you a few questions.
0: Well, I'm, I'm happy to do that. I, I'm a member partner at Baker Botts, which is a law firm headquartered here in Houston. Uh, we're actually celebrating our 175th year this year. Wow. So we're, we're pretty proud of that. We, Our law firm was actually founded pro- when Texas was a republic, not a state. So wow. a long time ago. Um, obviously, my practice focuses more on the here and now, but it's still fun to know what kind of history is there. My practice is, is really, I kind of started out in looking at patent litigation. That was something I was very interested in. But partly because of my involvement in the section, my practice has broadened some. And really what I look at now is all of the issues that arise when companies rely on software as the major asset of their business. Sometimes that's patent litigation. Sometimes, though, it has to do with the contracts they use to create that software, the contracts they use to share that software. Software's a tricky thing. It's not like selling a bridge or handing over a particular product that's physical that you can hold software is a very different thing the code that makes up software can be handed over in a millisecond right. with no effort at all and that makes it a very special type of property and my specialty is looking after that property for companies.
1: Well that also you just sound like you have such an interesting practice.
0: It it brings up new things all the time. I you know I talk to folks everywhere from open source advocates who just love to have software be free and natural yeah. and everywhere but then, of course, I also talk to folks who think software is the crown jewel of their business and needs to be protected at all costs. So I get to hear about it from all sides.
1: Well, it's been a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you so much for stopping by and, and taking some time out of your busy schedule to talk to us. This has been one of my favorite interviews, i got to say. Well, it looks like we've reached the end of our program. I want to again thank Michael Hawes for joining us today. This has been another edition of Special Reports. I'm Adriana Linares, and until next time, thank you for listening.